Our reading this evening is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Words that Jesus himself spoke to Paul as Paul pleaded with Jesus to have this thorn in his flesh removed. And those are words that we would all do well to hold dear. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It is precisely when we are weak that God shows his strength. And in fact, really, it is only, only when we are weak that God shows his strength. It is only when his grace is the only sufficiency. It is only when we, like that Syrophoenician woman, are down on our knees pleading with Jesus just for some of the crumbs that would fall off of his table. It is only when we, like that father pleading on behalf of his son, who says to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It's only then that we can see the power of God. It is when we are holding on to our own strength when we think that we have in ourselves something worthwhile or that we can manage on our own. It is then that we have no need for God's power. We can't appreciate it, we can't receive it, and he does not wield it. But when we are weak, then we see God's power perfected. Paul is boasting. He goes on boasting. It's the game that he's playing with those Corinthians. They're used to listening to these detractors, these false apostles, boast to them about their strength and their wisdom and their ability to speak, and evidently also about their spiritual experiences. Oh, we're going to talk about spiritual experiences, Paul says. Well, I suppose I can talk about visions and revelations, but notice how he does it. When he talks about this man, who is Paul himself, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, look at how he tells the story. It's clouded in obscurity. 
He answers none of the questions that you wish he would answer. He really kind of downplays this experience entirely. In fact, this was something that happened 14 years ago. It's not even a recent spiritual experience. Really, it's of no account whatsoever. I can't talk about it. I saw things, I heard things that it wouldn't be lawful for me to utter. That's the kind of experience I had, Paul says. In fact, I'm not even going to talk about it as though it were my own experience. Somebody else's experience. Maybe if it was somebody else's experience, I could boast of it, but we'll lay that aside. Notice what Paul is doing. He has had spiritual experiences. In the book of Acts, we hear about God speaking directly to Paul. In fact, if Paul was going to give a spiritual experience that would testify to his authority, it would be that moment on the Damascus Road when that blinding light came and he fell off his horse and he was struck. And he listened to Jesus who rebuked him and called him and led him to Ananias, who then baptized him and made him an apostle. But Paul doesn't refer to that experience at all. That experience, he lays aside. Instead, what Paul talks about is weakness. What Paul talks about is things that are counted as small and worthless in the world. Oh, that time, Paul says, that I was let down through the window in the city of Damascus, that time that I was shipwrecked, that time that I was beaten and left for dead, that time that they stoned me, that they pursued me, that I was stuck in the wilderness. Those are my spiritual experiences, Paul says. And then, of course, he goes on in our last chapter, chapter 11, he says, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. That's my spiritual experience, Paul says. It is to put to shame whatever those boasters were saying about themselves, whatever visions and revelations they thought they were having, they were all a lie. There is perhaps a connection here to the kind of fanaticism that Paul addressed in 1 Corinthians when there were all of those people who thought that speaking in tongues was a special sign of God's grace. Paul says, what good is that if no one can understand you? I speak in tongues more than all the rest of you, but that's not what makes me an apostle. That's not what makes me credible. That's not where the grace of God is seen. It's seen in this, that I am weak, And when I am weak, that is when Christ is strong. Paul had visited heaven in some way, shape, or form. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how it happened. God knows. But he was also visited from hell. Did you hear about that thorn in his flesh? A messenger of Satan. That's what Paul's going to talk about. This messenger from Satan, this thing that afflicts him. This thing that he's burdened with, that three times he pleads with God to take away from him. Just like Jesus pleaded three times in the Garden of Gethsemane that this cup would pass from him. That's what Paul is going to boast of. This weakness, this thing that he can't be rid of, this thing that he should be able to overcome and yet he cannot. There's a lot of speculation about what that may have been. Whether it was some physical ailment, Paul seems to have had trouble with his eyes. Maybe that's what it was this physical problem. Maybe that's what he pleaded with God to take away. I'm more inclined to think that it's actually what he said at the end of chapter 11, this daily pressure on him of his anxiety for all the churches, that he had all of these Christians in all of these places and he couldn't be all of those places all at once and he worried about them and he could have thought to himself, I should be better than this. I shouldn't have to worry about them. It's in the Lord's hands and when I worry about them, I'm trying to take things into my own hands. It's my anxiety for these churches. This is a weakness that he suffers. Lord, take it away from me. And three times Jesus says, no. This is your burden to bear. And in your weakness, 
you will see my power, power made perfect in weakness. It is precisely when you despair of yourself, when you give up on yourself, that God's power is seen. In fact, that is the only time. So long as you're holding on to something of yourself, God's power is useless to you. Faith is not a matter of strength. It's a matter of weakness. It's not a matter of confidence in the way that we usually think about confidence, as being sure of yourself, certainty in your own abilities. Instead, it is despairing of your own abilities. It is eyes fixed on Jesus, eyes cast away from yourself. What is there to look at in yourself? It's eyes fixed on Jesus, like Peter. When Jesus instructs him to get out of the boat, Lord, tell me to come out of the boat and I will walk on the water to you. And Peter does it with his eyes fixed on Jesus until... He begins to notice the wind and the waves and his eyes are cast down from Jesus onto the next place he's going to put his foot and that's when he begins to sink. So long as Peter thinks that it matters where he puts his foot, so long as he thinks that there's a chance that he might find a better or worse place among those waves to place his foot, he's going to sink. He can't make himself walk on water. It's impossible. He cannot make his way to Jesus. It's impossible. And so unless Jesus draws him, unless Jesus lifts him up, unless his eyes are fixed on Jesus and not on himself, not even in the least, Peter will sink. It is in the nature of our sinful human hearts to take credit for things. That's pride, that original sin, that sin that the devil is guilty of, wanting to think more of himself than he ought. That is in our sinful human hearts, to want to take credit And that is why Jesus makes us weak, why he brings us low, why he shows us what we are not, why he brings us to nothing, so that he's the one who can make us something. St. Paul said at the beginning of 1 Corinthians that it is precisely in the lowly and humble and weak things of the world that God puts his power into action. It's not the strong and it's not the wise. It's not even things that it are, but it is things that are not that God uses. And that is so that we would learn not to rely on ourselves. What a lesson that is to learn. Don't think for a moment that you've ever succeeded in learning it. It's a lesson to learn your whole life long. It's a lesson that our old sinful nature will not give up, believing that it can take care of itself, believing that it really should be God, that it could be wise like God, discerning good and evil. It won't go away until the day you die. It won't go away until you're finally brought to that level of weakness where you have nothing but your bones to offer to a gracious God. It is in that day, it is in that day that you will see the mercy of God, the strength and power of God. When there's nothing left but dust and ashes of you and me, that's when we will see God's power perfected. Even as Christ was raised from the dead, so also will our lowly bodies be brought out of the grave, resurrected for all eternity. His power made perfect in our utter weakness. Don't hold it against God when he shows you your weakness or when he thrusts you into weakness. Don't hold it against God when he brings you low. It's how he shows you his mercy. He's trying to keep you from trusting in yourself. He's trying to keep you from thinking too highly of yourself, from boasting of your spiritual accomplishments. Boast in him. But the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. That's Where faith directs itself, that's what faith looks at. And he is the author and perfecter of our faith.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.